Hey guys, welcome back to Minds Behind the Crime. It's Kimmy and Ariella, and today we will be talking about the investigation of the manipulation and abductions of Jan Broberg. First, I'm just going to tell you guys about some of the family relations before everything happened. Um, so the Birchitolds had moved to this small town in Idaho that the Brobergs were from, mm-hmm. and they had met in church. It took that they were friends for like two to three years before everything had happened. Yes. So um, over these two to three years, everyone had become really, really close. The moms had become close. The dads had become close. The kids had become close. They were essentially one big family. Mm-hmm. So over these years. Um, Bob Birchitold had slowly but surely manipulated the mother and father of the Broberg family and got some things which he would later use as blackmail against them. Mm -hmm. He Um, used his um, strong connection to the family to kind of trick them into these certain tasks that he had them do without really their knowledge. Um, It was one of those things that really looking back on it they saw what happened but in the moment really didn't seem like anything yeah in the moment they didn't realize what how it could be used as blackmail like it was Mm -hmm. um do you want to start telling us about the case so the case really started on a thursday after school when birchitold was like wanted to take jan horseback riding and at first her mom was hesitant she had a piano lesson, she, it was a school night, she had a bunch of other things going on, but with both Birch Told and Jan really pressing for it, she was like, okay, just have her home at a certain time, and so she's ready for school. So when they got into the car, um, Bob gave her like her allergy pills, because they're gonna be around horses and whatever, Um, Later, when they tested those pills out, it ended up being a sleeping pill, so which really helped him carry carry out this case. Yeah, it really, that was how the case really began. So it was Thursday, all of Thursday went by, Friday went by, Saturday went by, then finally on Sunday, even though the parents were extremely hesitant because they could never do anything like that. They couldn't imagine him doing anything to possibly hurt them, kidnap them, anything. So they called the FBI division in Utah. And since it's been a few days since their disappearance, the FBI then opened a missing persons case for both Bob Birchitold and Jan Broberg. Um, so as they kept investigating, they had followed to where they had seen on the traffic cameras and saw they had gone off-road. So they had followed where they had gone and they found Birchitold's car. It looked like it had been punched, the the glass had been punched. There was blood, um, from the punch, basically, all over the door, the glass, it, like he he really did rough himself up just for this staged presence yeah and they had asked birch told's wife they were like is there any other um 
place that they could have gone vehicle they could have yeah. used anything like that and she said yeah we in fact have a motorhome in storage right now so they had gone to the storage unit mm-hmm. and saw that the motorhome was missing so the reason they were thinking a different vehicle was because they saw a different track of wheels had. they didn't see a set of footprints leaving the crime there was there was no possible way that if they were kidnapped that like there was nowhere else for them to go there was no other other set of footprints it nothing was adding up so then they noticed their motorhome their motorhome was gone and that then they put out the arrest warrant for bob birch told because they then realized that this wasn't a missing persons case this was a purpose purposeful abduction it was a kidnapping case and they had to find him um when later on jan had said that when she was in the motorhome she had woken up she had restraints on her and she was laying in the bed she was hearing this these distorted voices talking to her when she turned her head it was this little voice box mm-hmm. and according to her there were these two aliens yeah talking to her and telling her what she needed what she needed to do she had to go to the front later and see the person she had to procreate with to save humankind and this other planet this alien planet it made her believe that she was part alien and Mm -hmm. basically just brainwashing her and so she was kind of forced to do this because she didn't know any different they the aliens um were also saying if you don't complete this act your sister will go blind will kill your other sister like they she they really just basically gave her no other option in order to protect her family and so she had then fallen back asleep when she had woken up the second time she had no restraints on her and the voice box was telling her go to the front of this motor home go yeah. see who you need to procreate with go see go see the other chosen person for this particular mission so when she had stood up she had gone out there and she had seen bob since she had known bob so well mm-hmm. from their families she had confined in him she would be like oh my gosh like she i can't so believe excited. she she felt safe with him mm-hmm. and so she was telling him everything that the aliens had told her she was mm-hmm. she was telling him oh they said that we have to do this we have to do that all these all these messed up things that she mm-hmm. that he was kind of brainwashing her into doing and she saw that he was injured he had um his fists were all scratched like, scratched up. his face was scratched he was bleeding and he said that it was because the aliens were fighting him and whatever because they were trying to get to her and he basically was kind of painting himself as a hero so in her eyes he was the victim too yeah it wasn't like she was in trouble she needed help it was he was the one who was helping her mm-hmm. he was the hero he he saved her mm-hmm. basically so um after after a certain amount of time mm-hmm. uh i think it was like 30 days yeah she was missing for a long time she was missing for about a month um Birchitold, Bob Birchitold, had phoned his brother mm-hmm. and said, 
listen, I'm in Mexico. I have married Jan in Mexico. But for our marriage to be legal in the U.S., I need her parents' consent. consent. So he had asked his brother, he was like, can you call them and ask them for her hand in marriage for me? Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, sure. You know, like, yeah. this is your problem, whatever. So the parents' wh- reaction, they were like, what are you talking about? She's 12 years old. He was, what, like 40-something at the time? Um, obviously, it was illegal for a 12-year-old to marry at that age. And it, it really seemed like a, biz- a really bizarre request, especially from such a close family friend. And, like, how you could never fathom having some grown man marry one. Your, your 12-year-old daughter. Exactly, yeah. So... The parents were like, listen, like, give us Birchitold's number. Like, we need to talk to him. Mm-hmm. So they had gone to the police and said, listen, this has all happened. We have his number. We want to call him. The police had tapped the call and located them in Mexico. They had, Birchitold had driven them to Mexico and they had gotten married there. So the police used, the FBI used their connections in Mexico and was like, listen, we need you to do this. We need you to go arrest this man, mm-hmm. get this little girl safe, and we will be there in... At the border and like, bring bring her to us. Yeah. So um, the Mexican police had raided the motorhome. They had got him. They had got her. Mm-hmm. And they called the FBI and they are like, listen, the little girl's safe. She's with us. He's in custody come like pick her up we're gonna investigate whatever mm-hmm. so when they went to the parents had gone to go pick her up from mexico but mm-hmm. Birchitold was able to speak to her once before mm-hmm. everyone before while he they was really custody. took her away from him yeah so he was like listen if you can't tell anyone that anything that has happened if anyone asks you were on vacation we didn't do anything because if you tell anyone anything that we have done, mm-hmm. the aliens will do all these bad things to your family, your sisters, your parents, mm-hmm. everyone. Which is another example of the manipulation he put her through. And the brainwashing that he's done because she really believes these random aliens exist and she believes she's part alien and she believes that all this bad stuff will happen if she even tries to say one little thing about everything that has happened this past month. So, um, when they had finally got a hold of Jan, her parents had got a hold of him, mm-hmm. and she was like, no, he didn't do anything bad to me, like, I want to go back to him, like, I love him. This was a severe case of Stockholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. She really believed that she loved him because of him saving her like he had told her he did. So, she was like, no, I don't want to leave him. I want to stay with him. I love him. Like, he's an amazing person. He's the one who saved me. She's like, what's going to happen to him? Is everything okay? Whatever. So, the parents were like, no, we got to take you home, whatever. So, they had taken her home. And the FBI had brought Birchitold back to the U.S. and had charged him with kidnapping. Mm -hmm. But Birchitold had been able to speak with the Robergs, the parents, and was like, listen, if you don't sign this affidavit and drop all these charges against me, I will tell everyone all these things that you have done. 
those things that he had manipulated them into doing is what he was blackmailing them with to mm-hmm. drop the charges against him. He had blackmail against both parents for um, the sexual acts that he manipulated them into doing, which they never thought anything of or and, to bring up again. And but. they were so... Those specific acts nowadays probably seem like nothing, but... In those days, like, homosexual acts were very not normal of that time period and it really could have messed with um, Bob Broberg's whole life. Yeah, Broberg, sorry. Um, (laughs) And so it was like very like, no, we'll sign this affidavit like, don't tell anyone everything anything that's happened. So they signed the affidavit and he went free. Um, So, but that's not everything that happened. That was just the beginning. That was just the beginning. So guys, come back next week to learn the sec about the second abduction of this case and where everyone is now. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace out. Bye.